Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty. Dominic Green. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Hawken, affectionately known as Jayhawk, and joining me as always, the man who won the Kevin Steen Lookalike Contest three years running, Charlie Butter. Oh man, come on now. That's that's not true at all. You're, you're right, it was only two years running. <laughs> well, you keep Steen voting for me. Year, kind of unfair. Well, you keep voting for me, and you're the only one that votes in this, so. That's true. Well, we have a guest today, so let's let's bring him in real quick. Um, he is a fellow member of Wrestling Cheers, the host of the Super Fantastic and the Askewed podcasts, co-host of Super Fantastic, commentator for UXWA, the only guy I know with an IMDb page. He's had a hand in such films as Midnight Skater, The Red Skulls, Splatter Rampage Wrestling, and Demon Summer. Stacy, what's going on, man? Hey, man, how's it going? Going. You dug deep for some of that, huh? <laughs> uh, just a little Google search, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some uh, there's some stuff you mentioned there, man. That stuff's uh, don't go watch any of that. It's not real good. <laughs> I mean, the posters looked cool. I was kind of interested by them, but ah, <laughs> uh, man. You know what? There's, I mean, it's you know, it's low budget movies that were shot in the late '90s to early 2000s. Uh, they're they're cool, I guess, if you're into that stuff. I mean, uh. We, we sold some like we were, uh, I don't know. They are what they are. Uh, truth be told, Red Skulls is probably the only one that's like actually a watchable movie. Like you could go back and watch it. And okay. it's like, it's probably entertaining. The rest of them, I don't, <laughs> different, different levels, different levels of stuff. Uh, and the splatter rampage thing, like nobody should watch like that thing <laughs> should be, that should be burned. <laughs> you know, nope. I want to, I want to find a copy and kind of do Brian Kane. We can do it on wrecking with regret one of these things. Oh, dude, it's not even it's not even worth that. It's it's not. It's so like real deal. Here's what that was. Uh, so my friends that I made the movies with backyard wrestled, right? Like that was that was their thing. But they didn't do it like they didn't do it to like try to have people over and watch it or try to like actually become wrestlers or any of the things that people do backyard wrestling for. They really they did it because they were bored and they wanted shit to do with their little brother. And when I say little brother, I mean kid was like eight right um but some of them did like wild shit like lighting each other on fire and stuff and like lots of blood and shit like what you'd expect from backyard uh and our friend jared was in uh school in athens and for a video project for college he took a bunch of that backyard footage and he made like a trailer uh set to a dancing track off dancing four, uh going down to die i think it was a track off dancing four. and uh when we would do horror movie conventions like we were doing them on our own and just like making copies of these movies on vhs and selling them because vhs was like still viable <laughs> at that time <laughs> uh and we would just do these shows and basically like sell the movies to like cover having a party weekend right and uh we were set up uh crossed from jr bookwalter who worked for full moon and uh owned tempe video and he was uh he was a uh like a local horror movie celebrity he had made a movie called the dead next door which was 
one of the first shot on video, like shot on VHS movies that ever did anything. Um, and he did that in like the eighties. So he's set up across from us all weekend and he's just watching this loop of trailers play. And it's like a trailer for one of our movies, a trailer for another one of our movies, this fucking Danzig trailer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually, because that's like when best of backyard wrestling and stuff was hitting big. Right. And like he saw dollar signs. He just saw like the highlights of this wrestling and was like, oh, I could sell this shit and make a lot of money. So like what got our other movies released was actually him seeing that backyard shit and him being like, I want to put this out. Uh, and so we had to like scramble and put some shit together. And that that video, like if you look at the reviews on it, people are like, it's just kids in a backyard. Like this is just like this just looks like somebody's like home videos. It's like, yes, sir. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's somebody's home videos. Like It's not good. <laughs> but it, well. It got our other shit out there. So uh, the only the only claim to fame I have from any of that shit is like our movies when Netflix first did streaming, it was like a, a test, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, there was no idea of whether or not that was going to be a thing, and our shit was like in the first stuff that was streaming on Netflix. Oh wow! Yeah, it's no longer. I mean, it's long <laughs> been long, long, long been off Netflix, but in the very beginning, it was on there. It's crazy. I didn't know that. See, I'm learning new stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I never talk about that shit because it's like, who cares? <laughs> oh, it's still cool. Like, it's. Yeah. Well, how Mick Foley got started just doing a backyard home video. It's true. Before we get into our, into our review here, Charlie, I got a question for you. Go ahead. Is Warhorse still the independent wrestling champion? He is not. No, he is not. Who is the independent wrestling champion? I will defer that question to Stacy. Uh, the best wrestler in North America is the independent wrestling champion. That also means Lee Moriarty is the independent wrestling champion. He's both. The, the belt makes you that, but he was that before the belt. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he, he is still denying that, by the way. They actually made that comment on Twitter that he's been denying that, and now with the belt, he can't do it anymore. He goes, well, I still don't think it's true, but thank you. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, take a compliment. The, the belt makes it true. <laughs> the belt makes it so. That match was so fucking good, too. It was. Like a match of the year candidate, man. And yeah, that there's match was really good. There's ten different ways they could have done that match that people were kind of complaining about. Well, they he unmasked to begin with, and da 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 da. And we knew it was him all along. Well, part of us, some of us knew it was him. And like, obviously, like you talk to enough people, you're gonna know. It's, okay, it's, they think it's him. But it, they could have done anything they wanted and made it not him if they wanted to. So the fact that they stuck with it and his when his music hit, I was just so happy and. I just was in my all my glory watching that match. I was so excited for it, and I knew I just I knew like this was going to be the big deal, and I was so happy for it. And uh, it was such a great moment. I'm so happy. I mean, the contrarian part of me wants to be like, ah, oh, man, it could have been booked so much better. Like you leave him in the mask, and then he unmasks at the end, and right. whatever. Like there's there's a bunch of things they could have done, but what they did was fine. I mean, cage match kind of fucking ruined it ahead of time by, well, <laughs> by outing him, right? But, and it's like, yeah, I mean, that that would have been cool, like have him wrestle in it and then re- reveal at the end. And like some people even like went it further to be like, oh, they could have had him turn heel and done like a whole heel thing, which would have been cool. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but I feel like they don't you don't necessarily need to gum up the works with everything every single time. Sometimes you just need to have that. Here it is. Take it and and have fun with it and i think that's you know for for what was going on in that show it fit 
with what need, needed to happen at that time. And I, it was, it was just good. Like it was a feel good moment overall. I mean, I just, I was very happy with it. So. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if they really wanted to, they could have kept him in the again, climax until they lost the fucking belt. If they really wanted to do it that way. But technically you didn't have to unmack until you lost. Right. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't go that route. But I mean, again, you could do any number of things with it. I think what they did was fine. Yeah, I, I, man. Here's my thing, though. Like, I know you said like people wanted to turn him heel. I think that's just a problem with wrestling fans, man. Everybody, <laughs> as soon as you get a baby face, everybody wants him to turn heel. People need to chill out with that shit. Like, really think about it. Like, right now, who? How many like honest to goodness? like true full on baby faces are there on the indies where like no matter where they go no matter who they're up against they're like they're the baby face you don't even there's not an option the other way it's like lee and nobody else maybe like pme like as a tag team yeah but yeah. like that's that's it <laughs> like there's not a lot of baby faces out there like the indies need lee moriarty to be a baby face right now you know like it's there's there's not a lot of it out there I mean, outside of the uh, character stable of like Effie and Danhausen and and those guys, yeah, there really isn't. Like Lee transcends all that with like his his wrestling ability. So like to where he's at with everything, it just I like that he's a, a baby face. And if they want to do that turn down the road and make it a thing, like when wrestling's back full on, that'll be a great time that they can do it if they want to do it them. But I like him as a baby face. And I think that he's such a wholesome guy. It'd be, I, I, I'd be so hard to see him as a heel. Like it'd be cool, but I think it'd be. Uh, and, and here's my point, man. There's a cautionary tale with that. And it's the tale of Johnny Gargano, which if I was going to compare Lee Moriarty to somebody, that's who I would compare him to. I actually think he's better than Johnny. But look at what's happened in trying to turn Johnny Gargano into a heel. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's borderline unwatchable. Like, I don't want to see that happen to Lee. He's way too early in his career to go through that shit. Like, he just needs to ride what's good for him. Right. You know, like, and being a baby face right now is that thing. Plus, he's got the whole, like, you know, the 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 humble like the crazy super humble thing going it's just like ah it's all too good like that just needs to keep being a thing like you can't not smile when you see lee moriarty show up in a building it's just it's the best right absolutely and uh it got, it got a little dusty in here when it, when it happened and i one of the few times wrestling's really made me uh feel that way in in the last couple of years but that was that was definitely one of them that was a feel-good moment Dude, I'm so happy for that guy. Every time something good happens for him, because I know, like, I know the shows that he was working like two years ago, mm -hmm. you know, like, I guess we had the whole year of COVID. So maybe three years ago, but like the, for, to be where he is right now, for people to finally recognize like how good he is over the past like year and a half. So good. Man. So happy. For him. Yeah. It's yeah. funny to think about him outside of, uh, when he's at QCW and yeah. like just bsing with him at the end of the show and stuff like that like maybe i don't know 50 people on a sunday afternoon or sunday evening and if yeah yeah and now you know he's the it'd be interesting i don't know if he would still do those shows but i love that intimate atmosphere where you could go and just bs with him when when everything's done and and just watch him just goof around and it's good stuff man man qcw's a sleeper that's there's lots of they like they book in good people like there's 
Yeah, they de- they definitely do. There's lots of great talent there that I mean, that's where I really got to see like Trey Lamar a lot more and like talk with him and uh obviously Lee and just a lot of them guys. There's I mean, there's there's talent there and it's like it's a very intimate intimate setting and it's just it's a good time, you know, 10 bucks on a Sunday. I don't know if they're coming back or not, but I hope they do because that area like the uh the area south of Youngstown has wrestling fans and if I don't know how much they promoted those shows or how they promoted those shows, but I feel like there was a lot of untapped potential down there mm-hmm. that needs to needs to. I know I know how many wrestling fans there are in that area. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of that's where I grew up and shit. So yeah, the the whole basis for me wanting to do like an interview series uh, with the podcast came from going to those shows because I'm like they got all these name people here that are just hanging out. Like I could get one of them like every Sunday once a month and just sit and BS with them for an hour. And like, I was going to do that anyway at the shows. So why not, you know, record it and throw it up. And when the thing that was interesting about QCW too, is it was kind of like this melting pot of like some Pittsburgh folks that don't usually interact on cards with some Cleveland folks. You know what I mean? Or if they do, it's like, you know, very certain Cleveland people working at like Rise in Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. then very certain Pittsburgh people coming up to Cleveland to work like uh, uh, what's that other company that runs Turner's Hall? Uh, PCW. Premier. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a little bit of a blend of like some folks from AIW and those guys, and like people who you don't normally see on a card together unless you're going to like very specific other shows. And I I thought that was one cool thing about QCW was that blend mm-hmm. of like. Uh, some very specific Pittsburgh people and specific Cleveland people on the same cards together. Yeah, it was good stuff. And I, I definitely hope they come back when, when everything kind of clears up and I, I would, uh, that's like one of my favorite things to go. Cause I'd ride out with, uh, with Bobby and, and, and that was just a fun Sunday afternoon slash evening kind of thing to, to go hang out and do that. And that was nice. Yeah. And the shows are cheap, like crazy cheap, 10 bucks, I think. Yeah, I usually would go in with Bobby, and I would still pay. Like, they never asked me anything, but, like, I was always honest about it because, like, right. you're only going to have a handful of people. I'm not – it's 10 bucks. Like, what's it going to hurt? Like, just, Right. Your 10 bucks is going to go into somebody who traveled pocket anyway. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. So I I never had a problem, you know, throwing it down, and, and I enjoyed it. And uh, the, I started – it's funny because I really started, like, getting into those shows, and then everything happened, and it's like, ugh. After like three months, I was like, well, well, man, even if they don't come back, I feel like somebody will fill that void, you know? Yeah, I think I think in the uh, the post covid world of indie wrestling, you're going to see some new stuff. And and I think you're going to see a lot of now this is speculation. For all I know, people are still going to be scared shitless and nobody's going to go out and do anything. But I think if people are vaccinated and they know that, they're you know, for the most part, pretty safe to be able to go do shit. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see record numbers of people over the next year going to concerts, going to fucking wrestling shows, going to just basically goddamn anything they can to, yeah. <laughs> to be able to make up for not for a year, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be massive. And, uh, hopefully Jared, you can get some, some referee bookings, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually supposed to do a freaking YouTube tape, a YouTube taping yesterday, and I got canceled with everything going on. Like, God damn it. Oh, that being canceled, let me watch Lee Moriarty win the boat last night. Oh, I can't be too upset with it. But Yeah, but you also haven't refed in a year, and that's just, I know that's got to be killing you. 
Oh, it, 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 it fucking killing me, dude. Like, I'm not, not even going to lie. Like, I, I took a mental health day yesterday. I drove to Cannes, went to the frickin' Football Hall of Fame, just trying to clear my head. Like, I haven't done anything in a fucking year. Dude, how was that? How's the Hall of Fame? I, was it a ghost town, or? It was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be, actually. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I know I've seen it, like, when I was in high school and stuff, just packed to the brim and it wasn't like that. But there, there was a good amount of people there. Good. I worry about that place during this. I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of those places that people forget about. Like, if you're not, you know what I mean? If it's mm-hmm. not, if it's not like shit's wide open, like I would think that, you know, people were probably, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there were fucking people there. Yeah. And everybody, everybody worry, Mac, they had, yeah, hand can tiger all throughout the play. Uh, yeah. I felt they've been there. Good. You, 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 you'd have that one group of people, like eight people, eight people together just running around, like not caring who anybody is. But I mean, for the most part, that's good to hear. All right, well, uh, let's get into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? Hey, how about that? We got new sounds. I went pretty cool. All right, so uh, starting Tuesday, March 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Pro Wrestling Action Clash Episode 26. Wednesday, March 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling The Road Season 3 Episode 3. Thursday, we have a doubleheader. We have at 7 p.m. Eastern, C4 Wrestling, The Mixtape, Volume 48, followed by at 8 p.m. Eastern, Beyond Wrestling, The Signature Series, Episode 3. And actually, uh, it's a triple header, because at 9 o'clock, we have Unsanctioned Pro, Hardcore Cup 2021. And then nothing else until Saturday, March 13th at 8 p.m., when we have Sean Henderson presents Money Longer. And that's everything that's on IWTV this week so far. Money Launder? Like, he's... Like cleaning up some money, he's got some drug money that he's funneling through his. It's it's promotion. actually like longer money, longer L O N G R. Oh, longer. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like money launder. That's pretty on the fucking nose, man. You're gonna have the bench showing up. I mean, with everything else going on in wrestling this week, I mean, sh- sh- you know why not at this point, right? Like, just, we'll just blatantly <laughs> tell you hey, that man, we're compared to, compared to some of the other shit. Money laundering's fine. Go ahead and fucking do it. Have at it. <laughs> The Weekly Review. Alright, we're going to head back to August 25th to 2018. Old Wrestling Extravaganza 2018 from the Huron County Fairgrounds in Norwalk, Ohio. Uh, we've done Old Wrestling before. It was actually our first show under the IWTV Guide format. So I'd like to, like to revick at this. And Dakey, you were actually at this show. I was. Yeah, I wanted to do this show. I, I fucking love Old Wrestling, man. Like, I... There's so much good about that company and the extravaganzas specifically are just like, I like that. It's like, it's a thing where you could not follow old and they kind of make a storyline happen for that show. So like anybody can just show up and watch it and enjoy it. And like, they make the whole thing work with like having the live band and the fairground and it all just feels real. Like, genuine you know like I, oh, I don't know man i love it i love old the whole thing's great people dress up it's like cosplay it's like legitimate cosplay wrestling but i love it yeah they, they are definitely fun show uh we mentioned i mentioned to you before we're on the air uh charlie and i went to one show at the willard community day in 2019 yeah and now and now and that look and that look a black to go to and like you said with a and matinee and an evening show and they had a storyline that transcended both shows and if you've never been to a show before you still had a, you knew what was going on and i love the atmosphere i love the old-timey feel of it and that, everything about the promotion is fantastic 
Yeah, man. And it's like, so I like all kinds of wrestling, right? Like, and I specifically like a lot of the stuff I like isn't, wouldn't be like kid appropriate, but like, that's one of the things I love about old is that it is kid appropriate. Like it's, you could take really young kids to it. And like, every time I've been at one of their shows and there's little kids there, the kids lose their fucking shit over old wrestling. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, I know people. I know I have that reputation of I like wrestling a certain way, but and I don't like comedy wrestling. But I mean, this is comedy wrestling, and this is great. I, I, I don't like out of play comedy wrestling. I don't like where the promotion treats stuff like one thing, and all of a sudden there's just something go off the wall from everything you see that taking out of the show. Every, everything just worked with this type of promotion. Oh, I love comedy wrestling. Comedy wrestling might be my favorite kind of wrestling. Yeah, it's uh, there's so much fun stuff with this, and then you know it's it's even impressive to see the outfits that they wrestle in. Like a lot of guys wrestle in like suits and like dress shirts and pants and stuff like that, and it's really impressive that they could even wrestle in that kind of stuff because <laughs> it yeah. does not look like it's it was definitely not made for that. <laughs> no, dude, and that barn is not uh, as as the announcer would say, it does not have conditioned air. No, uh, that's, it is like a hot fucking horse barn and to wrestle in like wool pants and shit right like, that's wild and you can see like some of the dudes like uh the legislator guys like the one guy had sweat so much he sweat through a shirt and a vest like a hot horse barn without air conditioning in august no less like they can even like it's like a may show or something oh yeah dude it was easy like this show that we're reviewing uh, it was easy, like 90 degrees in that barn that day. And there was like no breeze. Like they had all the doors open, but it didn't. Matter. <laughs> yeah. I went to the, the one in 2019 and they had big, like fans going to kind of like draw air through and it still was just blowing hot air. So you're just like getting a hot air breeze and what didn't help anything really. Uh, right. <laughs> but it was, it's definitely an experience. Uh, it feels like it's out in the middle of nowhere and then you get to this like fairgrounds and it's just, yeah, it's, it's the whole experience is great. I really enjoyed, uh, when I went 2019, uh, it's the same places where we're at here for 2018 and it's, it's old is, is definitely, um, one of the best things. Like you said, it, the story is condensed on that show. And like, I had never seen any like old before that, other than like that afternoon of matinee show uh, prior and like the storyline that was going with this, like, I think Justin filled me in on a a little bit, like how it started off. And once I got the initial, like, this is what happened. And then following it the rest of the way through the show was, was a blast. Like there's all these little things and it just, it's really well done. Worth your time. A hundred percent. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. If you live, I am assuming, and I could be wrong. I mean, I haven't heard an announcement, but I would think maybe old gets to come back because, like, by August and it being like semi outdoor, you know, like mm-hmm. it might be a thing this year, dude. If you live within like a couple of hours driving distance of like the middle north of Ohio, I guess is where it is. Like, just what what is that? Like, uh, Norwalk, Ohio. So I guess like a little south of Sandusky. Um, man, go. Like drive and go, it's worth your time. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's even worth the drive from where we live. It's it's what four hours or something like that. Crazy. Oh, it didn't take me four no? hours. No, no, it's like two and a half. I'm trying to think, I drove to to Justin's, which was like an hour from here, and then we dro- then he drove the rest of the way. Huh. Maybe I'm thinking of the other place, the 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 community days place, because that one it felt like it took forever. 
So Willard takes a little while because it's like straight up middle of nowhere. Um, but I think it's kind of close to Norwalk too. Um, okay, I don't think they're too far off. From my house, Norwalk's two hours. I just Google map the shit. Yeah. So yeah, Norwalk's two hours from me. Okay. <clears throat> that's still not, it's not a bad drive. It's, it's, uh, that show that day was a lot of fun. We got there super early because uh, uh, there was interviews going on, and then I got to hang out with Dan Housen and like help him take photos and stuff like that. So if you see him with like an old timey hat and like goggles on in front of like farm equipment, I took that photo. <laughs> uh, rules. That's the other thing I like about old is like for the most part, with very few exceptions, this show actually has an exception. Uh, but people play like a totally different character than what their normal wrestling persona is and for some people it works way to their advantage like there are people who i think are dog shit outside of old <laughs> but at old i think they're very good yeah 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 i think that's the great thing about the kid there are enough people that do their regular gimmick like marion fontaine doing the game gimmick thunder kitty does the game gimmick guys that are doing a like a cooped up version of their regular gimmick like rj kitty and then guys are just doing something completely different. Like you wouldn't even recognize it with them until you took a close look and went, oh shit, I know that guy. Like the Shoeshine Boys? Yeah. And even like RJ's thing is still pretty different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. A silent film actor. That's a little different. But yeah, I mean, the Jervis Cottonbelly is the one that was like, he's just straight up still Jervis Cottonbelly too. And they don't even bother to be like, whoa, whoa what the hell is that in fucking 1930 or whatever? <laughs> just like, oh yeah, there's this weirdo with a Cottonbelly. He's going to wrestle. Yep, he's a gentleman. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the actual show here. Uh, I, I mentioned it the first old wrestling show we did. I love the production value on this show, but they've got it done up where it almost looks like it's like a color new grill type of footage. They really make it make it look like it's gold grainy footage. I really love that aspect of the presentation. Yeah, and they do it with the, uh, the announce and like the commentary too, where like the the commentary tries to make it sound like it's like an old newsreel, which I dig. Our opening contest are, I think, a tag team match. The lobby legislator of an anti-Kaloon land, Representative Gavin Q. Volstead and Senator Cameron S. Shepard, taking on Inky Scoop and Big Coo Jackman. And Inky Scoop is the uh, old-timey reporter. Yeah, he almost is like the main character for some of these shows uh, and like his adventures with uh, going up against the different uh, villains in the, on the, on the card. Yeah. Inky scoops is like the, I guess the other, there's a couple of like primary good guys in old and he's one of them. Uh, he's like, his character's kind of like undefined. Like he either runs the newspaper or just delivers it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I don't know if it matters. <laughs> and big Sue Jackson, I think is an underrated indie guy. I wish big Sue wrestled more often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I enjoy his work in old and uh, I may have seen him. I think it's him somewhere else, but I could be wrong because, you know, they're, they're masked there. But uh, I, I enjoy his work. Yeah, I like Big Sue a lot. Okay. A fun little tag team match to open the show here. Uh, I like the fact that the legislators were using a handshake when they wanted to tag in and out. I thought it was a nice little touch with their gimmick. Yeah. Uh, finish comes with Jack and accidentally avalanching Inky Scoop, and that led to Scoop getting pinned by both legislators. Real short match, only about five minutes, but absolutely served its purpose. Short, short, entertaining for it to get the crowd into it. 
Oh, for sure. And it sets up like the storyline for the whole show. <laughs> I just like that Inky was like squashed into Sue and he like hung on to him and then he fell yeah. off and was in the same like position as he got pinned. <laughs> yeah, with his legs up and yeah. All right. So from there, we get Judge Hugo Lexington Black, usually known as Ricky Shane Page, along with his butler Beauregard and Gee Oak, taking on Pimple Monkey. Uh, when Charlie came me the lineup for the show and I call Kimble Monkey Lifted, I'm like, please tell me the Space Monkey doing the old Kimble Monkey doll gimmick. Yep. And, sure enough, and sure enough, I got a picture of Charlie and Kimble Monkey looking like they're about ready to hit each other. I went, okay, I'm good. Great. Yes. <laughs> and this is where you get the, the real setup to the story of the show is uh, Hugo Lexington Black telling Inky Scoops how he's poor and he'll never be rich <laughs> and to get out of his ring. Yes, because he has all his money in the stock market. He invested yeah. in Apple and not Orange Julius. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this match is a lot of fun. Uh, Kimbo Monkey using his tail as a weapon. Used a tail for a rope break in a commission move, which I thought was fucking great. Yes. I popped, I popped so hard for that. And then Hugo well, I, started working the, the tail over as a limb, and that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he did the tail breaker. <laughs> yeah, using the tail is one of my favorite things. Like, Dude, Space Monkey slash Symbol Monkey is such an underrated wrestler. Like, that dude's so creative. I miss having that dude around all the time. Like, he was one of my favorite parts of AIW shows. Uh, that dude rules. Yes. He he does not get enough credit for how good he is. Uh, the spot where he does, like, the ear clap with the symbols yeah. <laughs> is so good. The only thing that really disappointed me with this match is Kimball Monkey, you can come monkey flip and it's only a two count. Like, that should be your finish. You're, <laughs> you're a fucking monkey and a monkey flip out should be your finish. <laughs> well, but for the for the story, he uh, he had to go over the way he went over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> go, go the finish come, Kiki Scoop come, Cowdy, hand a letter to, to Judge Black, who just stares at the letter. It allows Kimball Monkey to get the roll up and get the pin. And then Inky Scoop tells us we got freaking new. The stock market had crashed. You're broke. <laughs> I and, love it. And RFP reaction is fucking perfect to this too. Like that went very well done. And man, I'm not I'm not worried about saying this. I don't think Ricky Shane Page is a good wrestler at all. Like regular Ricky Shane Page, I have no interest in. I think he's not very good anymore. I think when he was younger, he was probably a lot better, but now he's just not good at doing the other things he does. But as Hugo Lexington Black, because the character is really good and it's character-driven wrestling, he doesn't have to be a good wrestler. He just has to be a passable wrestler with a really good character. He shines in old. Mm-hmm. He's amazing at old. Uh, it just, I, he's just, he needs to figure out that that's what he needs to do other places too. Like he's just not built to do the shit he wants to do anymore. But this, he's great at. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to badmouth him at all. I mean, he put his body through a lot of abuse, and that's why he's not what he once was. I mean, I absolutely agree. He At this stage of his career, he needs to focus more on stuff like this. And to a point, he he can do it with a little bit of the 4 for gimmick, but he really needs to start incorporating more of the type of stuff in the ring on a more regular basis as well. Yeah, because this shit is good. Like, legitimately. Uh, and I haven't said, you know, I can't, I couldn't pinpoint another thing he's done that was good outside of this character in five years i've always i I remember seeing stuff before i ever saw old i saw him in like a wheelchair wrestling in a wheelchair 
Yeah. And I thought if you could do that, like there's, you, you got to have some talent there to be able to do like, to make that passable. And now that I, I get old and I've seen old, I'm like, okay, I could totally see how that would be a thing. And I still haven't gone back and watched that yet, but I need to. Right. It's just, it's man, it's very creative. Okay. From here, we have the Kylan film star, RJ Metropolis taking on the handlebar haberdasher, Marion Fontaine. They could probably the best pure wrestling match of the show. And there's still a lot of character-driven stuff in this one as well. This is my like one of legitimately one of my favorite matches of all time. Like on Cheers when we did match of the year stuff uh, in twenty at the end of twenty eighteen going into twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. This was my like outside of AIW my match of the year. I love this match. There's, it's fucking genius. Like every piece of this works. Like everything. Like it was it was thought out well. It's done well. Every piece of the characters, Dr. Dan's character as the director, the silent film director, uh, working with RJ City with the cue cards and stuff, and the megaphone, it all works. All the spots work perfect. It's so, it's so fucking good. So fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got, you got one point where RJ City punches the cue card by mistake and acting like a can broken. Yeah. He's like, I have broken my hand. <laughs> and then it's a fake out. And he's like acting. It's so good. It's he so can, good. He can control it. He has to take five to take a break. And of course, that gives Fontaine a chance to recover and get back to the advantage. Uh, the spot where he's doing the kicks in the corner. And Dan's like, no, you, we, we need another take of that. So he goes back and does the same kicks in the corner again. And then he's like, ah, no, you know what? One more take just to make sure. And he goes back and does it again. So good. So I think my good. I think my favorite spot of this entire thing is Fontaine getting ready to do a dive on the floor and they cut and bring the stunt double in to take that <laughs> to take the fucking dive. That spot's really good. The other spot that I love is when they take the break and Dan brings in the director's chair for for uh, RJ City to sit in, and he's sitting in it and getting water splashed in his face, and then Fontaine hits the clapboard. So RJ City thinks it's time to act again and then sits down in the chair and he does the hip toss from the chair. Like, dude, it's so good. Didn't they say something about taking like a cigarette break? Yeah. Uh, at one point, I forget what they called it. Like it was real. It was that really got me. And then what he was like uh, after the sunset flip, when he was like pretending to be like, like he's going to fall, that he stops and he's like yeah. acting. Yeah. Good stuff. And then he's like, and now I'm going to sing a song for you people. <laughs> and then they play the wrong music and that leads to Fontaine finishing the sunset flip for the fucking pen. <laughs> so good. Marion Fontaine is really fucking good too. Like underappreciated wrestler, Marion Fontaine. He's always been really, really good and really underappreciated, even dating back to the freaking uh, uh, PWO days. Yeah, but if you're gonna, if you're just gonna watch one match on this whole show, just go to this match. It's it's so good. Okay, from there we go to our annual eight man brouhaha tag team match. We've got Agent Richard J. Layhart, Jeff King, and the Jollyville Jeepers of Clean and Jerk taking on Bill Taylor. Felino Blanco and the Shoeshine Boy, Giuseppe and Sunny T. <laughs> it, 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 I love everybody in this match. It's really weird to keep all the guy in the fucking gimmick. And then Jeff King just being Jeff King. 
<laughs> Dick Justice has that cigar in his mouth the entire <laughs> match. He wrestles the whole match with that cigar in his mouth. When he it's gets amazing. the underwear pulled up over his head. <laughs> my God. I think the only thing that would have been funnier is if there was a streak in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was fucking dying. And, like, Philly and Marino are great as the shoeshine boys. Like, that's a great gimmick. Uh, man, it's amazing the difference putting on a lucha mask makes for the way I think of, of one guy in this match. <laughs> <laughs> Because as a pirate, he bores the shit out of me. But as a black and white luchador, love him. He's no, 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 he's not, he's not a pirate. He's the captain of the ship. They're different. <laughs> yeah, it's all an excuse for him to say dang-a-lang and wave his little thing on the <laughs> ring post. It's, ain't for me. Um, the gimmick in this match where it takes three people to lift the weight yeah. off of his hand is so good. Yeah, that, that, that liquid fantastic. Uh, there's a spot there where all four heels have bear hugs and all four baby fake and Jake Clement can go in around dropping everybody's arm and go to the next guy around, around the circle. So good. I'm assuming Jake Clement's character at old is like his grandpa, <laughs> who was also a referee. <laughs> <laughs> I like that headcanon. That works. Okay, so we do get it. The finish winds up being uh, Felino Blanco, schoolboying Dick Justice. And then all four guys piling on top for the pin. This match is a lot of fun. It is. Dude, there's one spot that I forgot to mention. It's here in my notes. Is when the shoeshine boys get the fuckets in the ankle locks and they don't have shoes on and they take the brushes to the bottom of their feet. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay. So from there, we go to real two coming up from after our intermission. It starts with Judge Hugo Lexington Black, and he's going to win the Battle Royal and get it and get everything back. This is um, closer yeah, and Will- tatters. Because William Howard Taft has put up $25,000 <laughs> for a wrestling Battle Royal winner. Okay, and then we go into our lady match of the evening, Thunder Kitty taking on Typhoid Mary. And boy, this is a timely gimmick here. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, it was really eerie how appropriate watching this match was today with everything that's gone on in the last year. Yeah, but, I tried to ignore who, who Typhoid Mary is and just focus on the character. This match is good, though. But yeah, man, it's creepy that uh, that's the that's the thing. And it's even like not to fast forward, but when it gets to the battle royal part, it's even creepier. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Now, Typhoid Mary is basically, just as the, the name applies, she uh, has some kind of communicable disease. So she's sneaking all over the place, and it's contagious. So Thunder Kitty and the referee are both sneaking before the match is over with. Uh, early in the match, they are a series of near fall for Thunder Kitty with a bunch of roll-up. Then there's a backslide, and the announcer goes, Shades of the not-yet-built Techno Stadium. <laughs> I, I didn't realize 1929 or whatever they're supposed to be that Techno even David knew what Techno Stadium was going to be. So... That looked interesting. Uh, Typhoid Mary actually using her handkerchief that she had been sneaking into at a weapon. <laughs> yeah, there is a spot where Thunder Kitty has a, has a claw hold on and Mary break it with a mandible claw and they both go down for the double down. Uh, we do finally get uh, Mary winning via knockout with the influenza stretch. <laughs> Maybe a camel clutch with the handkerchief over the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Look at fun. I, I think I, I don't I think under I think Thunder Kitty can tend to be kind of uh, underrated too because 
This could be a regular gimmick. Like, this could be even an old wrestling thing. This could be a regular gimmick. This right. is what she does. So I think a lot of people don't take her seriously for that reason. But I, I, I think she, I think she's pretty good. And this is a good matchup here. Dude, I really like Thunder Kitty. She fucking rules. And you're right. She is like another underappreciated person that's working on this show. Thunder Kitty's the fucking best. So from there, we go to Bruno Moretti, accompanied by Gino DiCapo. Again, gentleman Jervis Cottonbelly. Uh, so this is really weird. We've got Magnum PK basically doing a mob boss. Don't call me a mob boss. I'm not in the mafia gimmick. But Gino DiCapo is doing the same gimmick he does everywhere else at the same time. So right there, it's like, okay. And then, of course, we've He's an associate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we talked about Gentleman Jervis Conberry earlier. He's doing the King gimmick he does everywhere else. And, yeah, who cares? He's a gentleman. Dude, dude I like Jervis Cottonbelly a lot. And you know who else likes Jervis Cottonbelly a lot? Children. Yeah. Children fucking love Jervis Cottonbelly. Like, the joy on little kids' faces with him and Symbol Monkey at the show mm-hmm. was just amazing. It was like they saw cartoon characters that came to life. It's so good. Yeah. I think the best part of Jerry Conbelly, it doesn't matter where he goes, he does the gimmick. I call him do the gimmick in Championship Breckman from Hollywood. Yeah. Like, like, if there's one place I don't expect to see this character that good, he does the gimmick everywhere. And it's great everywhere. Yeah. yeah he, and he's not Jervis Cottonbelly anymore. He's had to change it now, so I think he's just Gentleman Jervis. Right. Because somebody owned uh, part of the character. Yeah, we do get a spot early on here where Gentleman Jervis has Bruno Moretti carrying him, like, holding him, like, carrying him with a threshold, and then he rocks him like a baby to put him to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and that's after all the no-tickling spots. Right. <laughs> so we do have uh, Moretti taking control after Gino DeCampo hooked the angle for the distraction. Allegedly, uh, that's alleged interference. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there. I didn't see anything. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently, though, referee Jake Clemens does see it at some point, but he threw DeCapo out and kind of come to the back. Uh, a neat spot here where Moretti grabs a baseball bat and Driven comes up with a baseball glove and a baseball. <laughs> that spot rules. <laughs> and, and Jake just and Jake just casually go behind go, go behind Moretti and start playing umpire. Calls a strike. Great. That was clearly a ball, too, man. Jake, you got to be better with your with your baseball calls. That's why you're not a baseball umpire and you're a wrestling referee. <laughs> That's <honestly>. right. <laughs> uh, at the end comes when Gentleman Jervis hack an abdominal stretch on and he enlists the help of a fan for additional leverage to get the commission. Allegedly. Kid, because kids love Gentleman Jervis. <laughs> yeah, I was super surprised to see Magnum as this character. Like, I forgot that he had a character at old. And when I saw him, I, like, lit up. I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Like... It's really good. Yeah, that was really good. I, I, I enjoyed the a lot. All right. And from there, we have our $25,000 20-perkin battle royal. In no particular order, your uh, competitors are Inky Scoop, Beauregard D. Oak, Clean and Jerk, Kimble Monkey, Derek Ochter, Agent Dick J. Lehart, Felino Blanco, Gino DiCapo, Giuseppe and Sunny T., Laredo Kid, played by Gregory Iron. That's got to be a fucking rib. Jeff King, Jock Campkin, Judge Hugo Lexington Black, Marion Fontaine, the legislator uh, for anti-Kaloo Nation, Big Koo Jackson, and the mystery 20th entry, substituting for somebody, Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary is the last one to come to the ring at the start. Everybody's trying to get away from her, and they don't want to get sick. <laughs> it's so good. She's sneezing on everybody. Yep. There's the- 
the big half circle of them just keeps moving. <laughs> <laughs> she moves around the ring. It's great. And then somebody puts a fucking mask on her. Yeah, the uh, Judge Black. Uh, his his butler helps put the mask on. She eliminates the shoeshine boys, and then she's on the outside for a little bit. And then she comes in, and he the the butler puts the mask on her. And when I saw that, I was like, they didn't mention it on commentary, but I saw it. I was like, holy shit! They just like they predicted this. <laughs> yeah, and then when Thunder Kitty comes out eventually, she has like a like a scarf over her face, like a mask. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's the, the a spot early on where Dick Justin throw everybody between the peck and the top rope and think he won it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and then you almost immediately get dumped by like everybody, by like 15 guys at one. Can we talk about Jock Sampson getting helped out to the ring because he's so drunk? <laughs> <laughs> with, with the jug? Yeah, he's got the jug the whole time. It's amazing. He gets in the ring and just lays down. <laughs> he's smart too. He's fucking barefoot. He's got suspenders on. Like it's the easiest like get up for somebody. <laughs> it's just bibs. He just throws on a pair of bib overalls. Yep. <laughs> Walks out to the ring. It's perfect. <laughs> Realistically, Jock Gimkin gimmick and old is what you would think Jock Gimkin gimmick and everywhere else would be when you fight Audi from West Virginia. <laughs> I love Jock Campkin. I've worked with Jock Campkin a lot. I, I love working with the dude. <laughs> I like Jock. Yeah, I did not take a lot of notes on it because it's a battle royal and a car to follow along anyway under the best circumstances. And in this case here, you've only got the two camera shoot. So a couple of eliminations that aren't even on camera. Yeah, I mean, the big thing that matters is the stuff at the very end. Like the there's the, the piece where uh hugo lexington black gets thrown out by inky scoops but the ref's distracted so he's able to get right back in yeah and then inky scoops gets thrown out but he's not thrown over the top rope and hugo thinks he won and then here comes jock sampson drunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he never got back in the ring after he got talked earlier by dick justice he's like oh i'm throwing the match okay i'll come back out Well, and he didn't even really get tossed by Dick. If you watch, he just crawls out. <laughs> he sets his jug on the apron and just crawls out of the ring. Oh, my God. And that, that, that won't go good. Everything about it won't go freaking good. Yeah, Black Doug eventually get Jock Campkin out. He thinks he won, but Inky Coop gets still in and kept eliminating him to, to win the Battle Royal and William Howard Taft $25,000. That's my favorite part is there's actually like a William Howard Taft cosplayer there too. Like they have a character for William Howard Taft. It's great. And like every and like he got like every show I've seen in old too. Like he always got the show. <laughs> well, I mean old's very important. The president would have to be there. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean if you're giving away twenty five thousand dollars, you're gonna be there to do it. All right. And I love the briefcase. Instead of it just being a briefcase, they have the money sticking out all around the sides <laughs> of it. Yeah. Such a good visual. <laughs> There's also, like, it's a subtle thing, but, like, one of the dollars falls out of the case and RSP grabs it. <laughs> and <then> somebody <laughs> takes it away from him. <laughs> yeah. Go, I, go just out of curiosity, I did the math. If we base this on the stock market crash of 1929... That $25,000 would be $382,429 and 82 cents in today's money. Ooh, that's some money. That's, that's some money for a 15-minute worth of work right there. That is big money. 
Yes, and the continuation of that story actually goes into Extravaganza the next year. So if you enjoyed this and you watched this and you really enjoyed it, watch the Extravaganza from 2019 to continue the story because there's oh, the story continues in that as well. It's really good. You won't be disappointed. Old is great. More people should watch it. I don't think our answer to this next question are going to be a big surprise if you've been listening to this review, but uh, I will start with you, Stacey, as our guest. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Oh, thumbs way up. Both both thumbs. If I had a third thumb to put up, I'd put that fucker up, too. <laughs> Charlie? Thumbs up, man. Definitely. Yeah, that, that is unanimous. Yeah, thumb cup, thumb cup all the way. This show is great. This promotion is great. I really hope that this promotion comes back. Yeah, once some restrictions start lining up in Ohio, but I, I, these shows are freaking great. My favorite gimmick in old is the championship and how long M Dog has been champion. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be it's got to be close to a record in wrestling. Like he has to have held that belt longer than almost anyone. Like it's got to be past San Martino at this point, right? I think it started in 2013, right? So I mean, we're we're going on almost eight years now. He's got to be getting close yeah, if not me, he's surpassed it right, let me see if i can get that here for you thank the cage match uh 2717 day act of today september 29th of 2013 when he first won the belt bruno i believe went over 3000 days i know thug had a reign oh, oh uh, longer than bruno at one point as well so but yeah we're getting close when I don't see M Dog losing the belt, like that's got to be the that's got to be the goal here, right? Is just that he'll be the longest reigning champion ever one day, which is the best. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but everything about the promotion is great. I've never had a chance to work for the promotion. I would love to get a chance to work for the promotion, but even if I never get a chance to work for the promotion, I'm going to as many of the goddamn shows I can. I think are fucking great. So much fun. All right. Well, uh, Stacy, you got any plugs? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you named all the stuff that I do at the beginning, but, uh, I have a podcast called super fantastic where primarily we do horror movie episodes, uh, one new movie every month, uh, with a guest, uh, on that same feed, there is a show called askew that I just started doing this year where me and two guests discuss Kevin Smith films. Uh, the first episode was on clerks. The second episode was on Mallrats, and it actually had Magnum CK as one of the two guests. Uh, and then I also do Super Chantastic on that same feed with Ed from Pod Van Dam, where we talk about uh, Chris Chan, which if you don't know who that is, that's probably good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you do, I mean, we talk about that on there. So if you look for uh, Super Fantastic wherever you get your podcasts from, all those shows will all be under that same feed. Yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, I enjoy them. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm very honored that you came on and did our podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And uh, Oh, no problem, man. I was glad to come on. And then you're going to be on uh, an Askew episode coming up, too. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm so excited for that. I, like I said, I've been doing my homework. I got my books out and look at stuff and try to. I've written down some stuff. So Right on, man. I, I like it when people do their homework. Jared, you got any plugs? I follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram at Jayhawk1539. And on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Hopefully in another month or so I'll have more than that to give you, but that's all I got for right now. So I think whenever you finish out your uh, 
tournament of champions, the winner of that tournament should have to face M Dog. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. I might just throw M Dog into the grand finale tournament anyway, but I can't do it uh, an old wrestling tournament. Right. I might just throw M Dog into the into that final tournament anyway, just to fill a to fill a body longest reigning champion of the of the, de- of the last ten years. Yes. See there. He you should go. be in there. Yep. Absolutely. As always, check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com. Use promo code PWP for five days free. Big Starks brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, Action Wrestling, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and Southern Underground Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone.